tune in to Kahawa Chit Chat Podcast. Good morning, welcome. We're at the Zumpini uh, on the 3rd of April 2019 and uh, we're here with Cairo, my creative director, being a cup of cappuccino as we recap on the events that happened on the 30th of March 2019 and uh, I really don't know where to start as the proprietor. Uh, my name is Maureen Wamboingayo. I am a mom. I am a third year student, a final year student um, in travel and tourism management and uh, we're here to talk about a new and uh, I think very awesome product or company that I refer to as East African Simba Travel. So it's a concept that has been in my mind for close to two years now, I believe to be true. And this really didn't start two years ago. It started way back in 2015 when I enrolled for my degree in travel and tourism. And um, while doing my coursework, I started to question what uh, the purpose of that degree was. What exactly was I trying to achieve or attain by being in school and studying the course that I was doing? And it It led me to open a blog. I called it Iconstat at the moment. (laughs) At the time, I didn't really know what I wanted to write about, but I knew I wanted to say something. I just knew it had to be something that made sense to me and everyone else that I would be reaching. And that was July of 2015, and Iconstat later went on to change uh, names to East African Lioness on the Rise, and later in 2017, East African Lioness. And by the time I met Cairo in 2018, May of 2018, at the Cultural Festival, which is an annual event that is held by the Tourism Ministry of uh, Nyeri County, I, I knew I had something that I wanted to bring out and uh, offer the world, or you know, my mark in the world. But I didn't know how to, you know, put it in words or I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew I, I, I needed to do something about it. And soon after meeting Cairo, I got into learning more about our history and heritage as a people, especially as the Kikuyu people. And he has like some really good material in terms of books that really opened up my mind and caused me to look within myself even further to see that I really had nothing to be afraid of, that if these people who lived before me, my ancestors, did what they needed to do at their time and they accomplished what they accomplished at their time, then it, it, only, seemed, uh, it only seemed reasonable for me to do the same for myself in my time. So after a lot of life changes, ups and downs, drama here and there, uh, erratic changes and choices. Uh, finally, in December of 2018, I decided on a name and I decided it was going to be East African Simba. And the reason why I changed it from Lioness to Simba is Lioness is an English name and Simba is a Swahili name. So if I'm talking about East Africa, then Swahili has to be involved in it. So that's how it became East African Simba. And um, really, East African Simba Travels was uh, conceived on the 14th of March, a little past midnight, just before 1 a.m. 
and it just came to me as a concept in my mind what I needed to do how I was gonna like I just saw the business like ahead five years ahead ten years ahead and I, I decided that it was something that I really loved and, and I bought into the idea so I called up my friend Cairo almost a year after we've met <laughs> and uh, though we'd been keeping in touch but again he was there willing and ready with his resources uh, which are you know digitally able and he was ready to provide his expertise and his time because you know that is also very valuable especially when you're not bringing much to the table other than your great idea and to have like a friend like Cairo who agreed to actually go walk this journey with me and he he saw that there was something in it he wanted to help me do it because I told him I really didn't have any more father help so that was the 16th of March we had that discussion and we, we were we agreed that we would go sightseeing to Zaina Falls but we never set a date not on that time and then later the next weekend I had to go scouting for a guide or someone who would take us around so I met Mr. Modoi Wangome on the 23rd of March 2019 at his home he's a family friend and um, been in the village our village Karunaini village the longest time he's uh, he's a, he's a leader in, as a community leader he's a well respected man and he's well knowledgeable in matters of history and heritage and our culture as a kikuyu coming from Karunaini so i enlisted him and i requested for his support and his uh, his expertise also and his connections and networks and he was also very happy and willing to work with me on this journey and as fate would have it on the 24th of March I came across the Museum of British Colonialism also as a tip from Cairo my good friend and uh, from there we we talked a, a lot about the the history of our country and the heritage and they seemed like an organization that wanted to tell the story in some way so I agreed to volunteer with them for whatever kind of information that would be valuable to them and we'd see how it works and that's still in the works so back to our purpose for today which was the 30th of March 2019 it was a lovely Saturday the sun was out it was shining I was up early by six I got up and woke everybody every one of my team that was Mr. Modoi and uh, Cairo and I you know just texted them to tell them how excited I was that the day was finally here and we were gonna do it so <laughs> despite how early I woke up I don't know how I spent <laughs> two hours of my time because I ended up so late I was like 15 minutes late to the bus station the car had left us and uh, something you need to know some interesting facts about cars that go up country to our place that is Karanaine, Abadez, Ihororo that side is that they are on an hourly time basis so if you're going to leave town at 8 you need to catch the 8am car if it's at 9 you catch my floor so the 8am one was our target and it I missed it by barely 15 minutes but yeah which ended up costing us 1500 shillings 500 shillings on because we had to take a cab and you know it was just unnecessary cost because of my lateness so it was not really nice it wasn't a really nice beginning to the excursion but I'm thankful that we kept it positive and kept it moving so anyway we went to the cab and we ended up at Juakali where I was 
it was supposed to be the pit stop or where we were to meet Mr. Modoy and our guide. We didn't even know who the guide was, but he had uh, acquired one or requested for one and had one. So, but on arrival at Juakali, where there's the Zaina poster, where there's this Zaina signboard, uh, where you can use that road to go down to Zaina, which that was the idea for the day. But on arriving there, Mr. Mudoi's phone was off. We couldn't understand why it was Muteja. But well, we'll, when we finally um, reached him, we realized we had to walk up a few minutes up the road to um, the hospital. Yeah, the hospital. Yeah, so we had to walk up from Joakali um, Center to Miyagawaini Hospital. And that's where we met. He had a detour that he wanted us to take or rather a different route that he thought would be more exciting, I guess. And so that's what we did when we arrived. We finally met our guide, Bonnie, and he was just amazing. So a little after 9.30, almost 10, was when we started off the trail. And there, off we went. It took us about an hour and a half really through the whole trail almost two hours really because we had a few pit stops we stopped so many times to take photographs of Zaina from a distance because it's really magical it looks like the water is coming out of some rock or like the the ridge because it's ridges after ridges you guys should just come see it for yourself but it's really beautiful and uh, through that pit stop that was the first pit stop that we made to take a photo of Zaina from a distance then we kept on walking and we just shared so much we the environment was beautiful the sun was out it was like perfect and it was so quiet you guys like you've not had such peace and tranquility in a while trust me you need to come and check it out yourself but um well yeah the trail let me talk about the trail the trail is not an easy trail it's you'd need even a walking stick or something to support you on 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 your on your way down because it's a kind of a slippery slippery slope i at one time fell so hard i wish cairo had captured that image but he wasn't ready (laughs) but i fell so hard and it hurts so much. Yeah, that's what happens when you're out and about. And the other thing was sese flies. Oh my god, you guys, there are so many. I don't know. I heard that it was because it was the dry season and it, it's their season. It's their time to come out. So they were all over. So girls, <laughs> no, just make sure you wear thick pants. Because of course dudes will be wearing thick pants. Don't come in shorts, guys. Uh, just wear something long that will cover your legs. Make sure your feet are covered. Be comfortable, as comfortable as you can be. But they're not really that bad. The sassafly is not like anything bad is going to happen to you. The other thing that you come across is nettle. Stinging nettle. It's um, some plant that really stings you and causes you to burn, your skin to burn and get some pimples on it. But just rub some petroleum jelly on it and just forget about it will be good in a few minutes but yeah those are like some of the challenges across the the trail another thing don't forget your hat you know sun is out it's really hot and it's not easy um yeah so finally we got to zaina it was a spectacular view despite the dry season there was still so much water around and it felt amazing the breeze with the you know little splashes of water on your face and all over your body it was so calming it was so relaxing considering the long 
long trek that we had had to go through and endure the whole morning that was a- around 11 11 or 12 actually no, actually it was almost 12:30 it was almost lunchtime by the time we got to Zaina and took us a long time we just didn't want to leave it was so cool and calm took some really beautiful photos but we had another mission we had we wanted to see the caves so we decided to go up the trail so we had to go back the same way we came and then up another route where there's a bridge where Zaina Zaina River meets Chania River and uh, from that bridge is where you can either go to the left down to Zaina Falls or go upwards towards the the caves so that's we we took the Zaina Falls route first then we had to come back and then take the route up going upwards towards the caves and those uh, it Okay, the trail upwards was not so bad. It's steep, but well, with a supportive stick, you just have to keep going up. It's I think it was kind of hard for me to talk at that time. I was so tired. It was hard for me to talk. I just wanted to get up the hill and be done with it. It wasn't easy, but it was beautiful. So, we finally got up up the ridge and the caves are really well hidden uh, with the forage and the thicket all around. It's like it's like inside the forest. It wasn't really thick because it's a dry season, so it was in like really thick but if you come in when it's rained it's going to be hard to find that the caves so you would need a guide or or a native who knows the area really well who even is interested enough to find out that there's a cave on the side of a ridge because it's not easy to get to and it's well hidden so we finally got to the cave i we found out or i found out that it's called Karoro cave and it overlooks this big expansive open ground that uh, as i learned that day was called itandara itandara and uh, this where there were settlers who lived there back in those days and they had to be evacuated because of massive landslides that happened there that used to endanger their lives and their crops as well so the people of itandara had to move to areas such as charity ndadi and kaforo so that's where they currently reside in it was a government move because that the area is considered a water catchment area and so of course it's a resource it's a it's a government resource and hence a public resource that can't that should not be misused or or ignored and um yeah so we got to the caves it was beautiful we had our lunch there like these sandwiches almost got me late in the morning and i didn't even end up making any it was just but they were good they were good sandwiches everyone had had a nice lunch and yeah of course that's the other thing you guys you just can't carry like food to these trails just carry a snack carry something that's heavy enough for for you you know just for the energy purposes and make sure you don't get too full because again if you get too yeah so the caves again not easy to get to you need a guide and uh, don't eat too much food come with snacks come with fruits and again do not forget water you need water not only for drinking but also maybe for washing your face washing your hands if you're really sweaty if you fall down like i did if you don't like your hands all dirty and soily you need some extra water for just cleanliness hygiene purposes so yeah um i think that's as much as you would need for the trip um yeah so after the caves there was an we didn't have any more agendas and also the the night was coming in quick cuz it was around 4:05 wasn't it yeah it was around 5 4:30 going on to 5 and and then we left so we took another trail out of the out of the forest it was not the same trail we came so it was really like a, a round trip across the ridge and 
it was beautiful and on our way out like we came across also like Zaina Zaina River just before the fall it's interesting that Zaina River comes before now Zaina Falls I don't know how it I don't know how that works but maybe it would be interesting to see from an aerial view but yeah Zaina River so we went backwards to where Zaina River is and we used that route out and on our way out of course there was a, a spring it's I we learned that it's called Gashia Spring it has like the purest water like straight up from the mountain top all the ranges yes so yeah you can see as i told you guys it's a water ca- water catchment area so yeah the water there is like crystal clear so clean you if you have a refillable bottle that would be something fun to like take away with you and with that that was the end of our trail all, all we did was just walk up the trail and out on the other side where the road is <laughs> and Cairo was there shouting civilization <laughs> yeah cuz we spent our whole day in the thicket and yeah so that was it it was a beautiful trail and we came out on the other side there was a clearing that we found you know somewhere where people maybe can you know join and just sit down and relax and just recap the day maybe take a few last minute photos tune in to Kahawa Chit Chat podcast Ecotourism is tourism which is conducted responsibly to conserve the environment and sustain the well-being of the local people. And that in a nutshell tells exactly what East African Simba Travels endeavors to do. Um, we seek to build in the environmental awareness because as far as we see it from where we stand Zaina has been totally ignored and it's not nobody pays attention to it anymore and it would be good to see people come through to appreciate the nature that's there and to want to conserve it to love it as much as want to conserve it because it's really beautiful the fauna and flora that is found there is absolutely amazing which that is also another f- uh, another factor into ecotourism because it also involves the uh, that it's it's really fauna and flora and in c- the culture is the major are the major factors for ecotourism or the ma- major characteristics of tourism so they also include um, education and information so when coming on a trail such as the one that we went on you would need a guide and you would need someone to let you know exactly what you're looking at and why it's important for example we came across uh, croton trees which i came to find out are a source of biofuel and uh, companies such as ecofuels kenya manufactures biofuel animal feed and organic fertilizer from the croton nuts of the croton megalocarpus tree so and and actually it's contracted farmers in laikipia to grow these trees for the benefit of that industry and that's a big part of ecotourism as well because that would be a good way f- to provide employment for the community get people or or you know sensitize people enough about the environment and get them to plant these trees and buy from them the croton nuts and you know whatever proceeds that the 
the industry makes should go back into preserving you know the same place that these trees are growing in so whether it's zaina and its environs that's exactly how ecotourism should work there should always be the trickle down effect from the business to the linkages in between and to the local people at the begin at the uh, at the bottom of the pyramid and that's really the aim of East African Simba Travels and more than that it's about the preservation and the uh, awareness or the preservation and the appreciation of the history and heritage that is found within Karonaini as is seen as as is seen and and noted that uh, very uh, very influential people have come from that side of the country such as uh, Kimathi the field marshal who died in in the fight for freedom his home is just across the ridge from my home which also i'd like to refer to as a point or a base of operations as i find it to be a vantage point as from the hill atop which our house is situated uh, our gishagi or country house is situated you can really see uh, mount kenya on beautiful uh, cloud free skies that those such of days those kind of days you'll see the mount kenya peaks and it's you can take awesome photos um there's nyeri hill that you can look at there is the abadea ranges on the on on the on the left and also kahiga you can see with you can use like binoculars or any other device would show you exactly where kimathi was shot at just standing from the ridge across which is our ridge so that would also be a really nice point where east african simba could could operate from and and hopefully where we could invite and welcome other people to come and enjoy the view and spend a night there do some some activities with the local people like um like plant a tree or pick some tea because that's the main business there or farm maybe you can plant your vegetables on on the farm and we'll let you know when they <laughs> when they sprout you know it'd be really interesting to see how we can we can mesh this too we can make ecotourism and and homestays work in the village of Karonaine because i think there's so much potential in that village there's so much we can do for the for for the people and for the to to raise the standard of living for our people or my people and um of course we have in in we have plans to go to other excursions like the next excursion we are hoping to go to is right there at uh, Kimathi's home his memorial there's a memorial site in his name where he, you know there's they they what do you call it a monument right it's Kima, it's Kimathi's shrine or monument yeah so we we'll be planning to go to that for that excursion hopefully when the rains have come when it's a little bit greener and we can get more footage about that which we'll be sharing with you on on social media so be keen to follow our pages that's East Africans that's EA Simba on Instagram and East African Simba on WordPress so yeah read about us and let us know what you think in the, in the comment section thank you awesome East African Simba we out wow Kahawa Chit Chat Podcast.
positive vibes over coffee. Kahawa.